0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to episode 34 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where we are hauling freight and talking shit from state to state. So glad you could be here. Got another fantastic one for you guys today, so let's jump right into it. I last left you off. I was in Joplin, Missouri, hanging out. I had two loads on the books, ready to rock and roll through the weekend. I was going to pick up in Springfield, Missouri, go up to Woodhull, Illinois, and then I had one from there coming straight back to Springfield. And then the plan was to, as I was rolling, find something, hopefully, in the Springfield-Joplin area to get me back towards Dallas-Fort Worth or back to Central Texas in general. But as luck would have it, as I was recording episode 33, got an email from the broker. Load from Springfield up to Illinois got canceled. First thing I did was immediately try to hop back on the load board and see if there was anything else headed up towards that area. Everything was absolute crap, garbage. Uh, Nothing was going close to the next pickup. So it would have been a lot of empty mileage. So from there, I instead just quickly made the business decision to cancel that next load that was going from Illinois back to Springfield. No worries on it. These things happen in the trucking industry. You gotta, take, you gotta roll with the punches on it. So from there, I was just trying to find anything coming out of the Joplin-Springfield area. Kept refreshing the load boards. Finally, something popped up, picked up in Springfield at those caves that I've been to several times before, feel free to go check out my YouTube page, uh, as well as TikTok. I've put videos of me going to the Springfield Caves before on there. It's one of the cooler pickups, and normally it's uh, easy check-in, easy getting loaded. Uh, And it was going from Springfield down to Fort Smith, Arkansas. So it was a short haul, but it was paying good. So I, I couldn't turn it down. It was paying the same amount as the load I had going from Springfield to Illinois and less distance. And then from there, I figured I could find something from Fort Smith to either get me down to Louisiana, maybe something into Oklahoma, maybe something you know to Tennessee, and then I could get myself back to Central Texas that way. Well, I delivered Friday morning in Fort Smith, and I was empty early around 8 a.m. So that gives me basically all day to find something to either keep me rolling through the weekend or just anything to keep me busy, but man, did the market slow down? And I was talking to some other drivers about it and, you know, talking on the our Truck Smarter Discord channel. Uh, and overall, I mean, I think it's just the market's a little apprehensive at the moment uh, all around. You know, rates are starting to teeter back downwards. Still hot in certain areas like the Chicagoland and Columbus, Ohio, but there weren't that many loads moving throughout the weekend. And I think it was a little bit of you know, hesitation, apprehension before a midterm election. Uh, people are a little confused about the markets. A lot of companies have been going through layoffs. I know Facebook just did. Twitter's going through their whole bullshit. So it was a little slow. So I made, once again, the business decision of, you know what? I'm just going to sit in Fort Smith for the weekend. I ha- I really had no choice. Uh, I could have either deadheaded 300 miles towards a, a, the direction of a hot market or sit, hang out and do a little bit of work on the truck. And so that's the choice I made. But also I couldn't just sit and you know, twiddle my thumbs. I had to make sure I could find my next move for Monday. So that whole Friday, I was looking for Monday morning moves and I found a load through XBO. And you've probably seen XBO. They're a large carrier out there. They do a lot of LTL freight. They have expanded into growing their brokerage. They have a lot of loads available on the load board not the best rate sometimes kind of hit or miss now i found one that was uh really good to pick up from xpo problem is i don't have a contact from them <laughs> so i had to struggle to try to get a hold of somebody from XPO. and this is where that discord server with my fellow owner operators came in handy uh, with truck with the load board truck smarter. I networked with a couple of drivers on there. They got me the contact of somebody who worked at XBO so I could finally email them about a load and email them about future loads that I come across. So this was perfect. I get a hold of the broker, we do a little negotiating, we settle on a good rate, boom, got it. It was a load of wire coming out of Van Buren, Arkansas, going down to Lancaster, Texas. So now that I had my move from Monday, I could kind of relax for the weekend at the Loves in Alma, Arkansas, but not really relax because I knew that come Saturday, I was going to have to start looking at load boards and figure out what I'm going to be doing after that load because my goal was to try to get back to my house for Marine Corps birthday, Veterans Day, the end of this coming week. So Saturday morning, wake up, start scouring load boards, and some of the problems I've been running into with booking loads has to do with these appointment times, because you'll come across a load that looks like it's really good. It'll pick up at, say, eight, nine in the morning, and it'll be 300 miles, pays decent, but it doesn't deliver until 2 a.m. the the next morning. So, it goes beyond your e-log that you can deliver, and it's at an obscure delivery time, or Worse off, and this is the majority of loads, it'll pick up at, say, 8 or 9 in the morning, and it won't deliver until 2 or 3 in the afternoon the next day. And it's 300 or 350 miles away, meaning it only takes you 5, 6 hours to get there tops, give or take traffic, considering on a good day you could drive 600 miles most in, you know, in your 11-hour driving clock. And the thing is, is where you obviously want to get a good rate per mile, The goal out here especially as an owner operator doing dry van is you really want to aim to get a thousand bucks a day you know you want to kind of run yourself and run your business to have a daily minimum so if one load is going to suck up two days or a day and a half worth of work for you it's not worth it and these brokers don't seem to get that and that's and that's another huge problem out here they think they could just be like well it's a high rate per mile it's like high I'm running the business here. The truck can obviously operate more than just the miles you're providing. So these fucking idiots need to start smartening the fuck up and working with their customers better and figuring out these times and knowing that this is where snags and slowdowns in the supply chain industry come are these dumb fucking appointment times. And if brokers actually gave a shit, they would fucking do something about it. Let's see, here's the problem with brokers because on both sides of things, everything's heavily regulated. Uh, everything on the trucking side is over-fucking-regulated. We're bent over and fucked every which way you could turn. And then manufacturers, shippers and receivers, they're obviously regulated too with OSHA, all that stuff. Brokers, it's a fucking free-for-all. So when you try to get a hold of anyone, especially when you got to call them on the phone, it could be some guy in the South Pacific or it's some 22, 23-year-old kid who thinks he sees the fucking Wolf of Wall Street. And that's what I got into this weekend with this one guy. Uh, I call about a load that was going to pick up in Fort Worth on Tuesday after my delivery in Lancaster. And so I, I come at the rate high because, you know, you should. If, if you don't advocate for yourself in this industry, no one will. It's that fucking ruthless. So I go high on it. I say, hey, I'll do this for 1200 It picked up in Fort Worth. It's going over to Monroe, Louisiana. He comes back, and he, he tries to say 800. Number one, fuck you. And, uh, but at the end of the day, not a horrible uh, rate. It still hovered around $3 per mile. I said, all right, what, you know, what about I go down to 1,000, and he keeps giving me this excuse about how he can't move up from 800. And I was like, all right, dude, I'll do it for 900. And he goes, can it be 850? And I've been told this time and time again by on so many Facebook pages and other truck drivers out there that if you're going to deal with a brokerage that is arguing over the amount of $50, be fucking prepared to deal with some bullshit. And like, so here's the thing. The kid on the phone sounds like he's like, like I said, a little fucking boy. And so he's trying to, have, he's not losing anything by going up to 900 The load, Mind you, this load was on the board for four days. So it's not like people were fucking jumping at it. I gave him clearly something worthwhile for it. And but you I I ended up taking it for eight fifty because I found the next move after that that paid good. So I took it for that because I made up for it. So I end up getting it. And as soon as I get to the receiver for the load delivering in Lancaster, I get this motherfucker uh emailing me twice on if I'm already empty at my last delivery. So I had to deliver at 8 a.m. and I didn't have to pick up until 2 p.m. that day. The distance between the receiver of the Lancaster load and my next pickup was 50 miles. So it would take all of an hour to get there, tops. Especially going across DFW during the day, not horrible traffic. So as I'm getting unloaded, he's starting to email me. Nah, buddy. You don't need to you don't need to contact me. I contact you if there's problems. If I'm going to be late, I'll tell you. You don't need I don't give a fuck about what you need to get. But anyways, I I milk it though a little bit. You know, I I'm not going to give him exactly what he wants right away, but eventually I give it to him. When he calls me. I was going to wait until I got to the to the shipper to be like, "Hey, I'm already here to kind of like, you know, show, you know, I'm awesome." But no, he calls me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm wondering, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, dude, I'm at the shipper now. And I was about three minutes away. He was like, oh, OK, I'll let them know you're you're on uh, you, that you're going to be there shortly. No, you're not. These brokers never talk to customers. They'll never do that. Anytime you have an issue with a shipper and receiver and you reach out to the broker, they don't do jack shit. So I go to try to check in for this load early. It's about 1030. The appointment's for two. Like I said, sometimes you get lucky. So I get there. They're like, nah, you got to come back at two. So I was like, all right, cool. I end up going to a quick trip around the corner. I'm going to go bust a workout. Now he texts me. Were you able to check in at the, at the shipper okay? Dude, don't text me. I'm not your fucking friend. Like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. And I was like, no, they told me to come back at two. So five of two rolls around. I'm at the door, by the way, about to get loaded. Five of two, are you back at the shipper? Hey, dude. Shut the fuck up. Like, if you're going to be, if you are going to be on my ass, then why the fuck were you on my ass about $50 over a rate? You want to be talking to me and be my boy and you want a minute by minute fucking ESPN play by play? You pay me for that. You pay me for that time. You don't get to just be in my DM harassing me because, oh, you want to, you want to make sure everything's right on your end. Fucking cocksucker. So get loaded. Easy money. I end up parking that night in Shreveport, uh, which is about 100 miles from the drop. And I got automated texts from another guy asking for the uh, when I was loaded, when I departed. I didn't even fucking answer. At that point, I was just like, yeah, I'm done with you. Look, and there's people listening who are just like, well, it seems simple. Just answer the question. But here's the thing. From the rip, off the rip from talking to this kid, bad experience. So I'm just going to go the extra mile. You know, I'm going to do extra, extra work because, uh, you know, he wants to make sure his I's are dotted and T's are crossed. You should have made sure my fucking bank account was full before you wanted that level of service from me. See, like I said, what I've learned so far, especially becoming an owner operator, is you absolutely must advocate for yourself by any means. And that means being absolutely petty about fucking everything. I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm not saying I'm gonna call this kid and tell him to fuck his mother. No, no, I'm not saying that. But here's the look: this is a business-to-business transaction. You don't just get to harass me and do all this stuff when you want to fucking bitch about fifty dollars on a rate. He knows what the price of fuel is. He's got a gas tank himself. He fills up. He knows what the price of diesel is. He knows how – he should know how what it is like out here over the road. If not, maybe he should watch a fucking YouTube channel. He knows damn well what the price of diesel is. So don't give me this poor me sob story on rates and then want to be up my ass when I'm doing work for you, fucking idiot. Anyways, like I could go off on this for a while. But key in point, if you are listening – and this goes for any non-driver – for anybody out there who's getting a business, or anybody who's just got a job in general, at number one, advocate for yourself because your boss sure as shit ain't. No, nobody is. Nobody's advocating for you but you. Act like you got 10 pound nuts. Walk around your job like you got 10 pound nuts, 10 pound clip, whatever you got, whatever you're working with. So, anyways, I deliver the load in Monroe. And then I go to my next pickup, and this is a load I've done before. Picks up in Dodson, Louisiana. This has brought me back home once before as an own operator. Picks up in Dodson, Louisiana. It's at a, um, I believe they they do something with wood uh, for doors. They manufacture it there, and it goes to a Stevensons, uh, furniture place. I'm not I'm not sure what they do in San Antonio. Uh, So, and that brings you right up to where I'm at now. I'm spending the night in College Station at time of recording, but I wanted to really get this episode out because of the Marine Corps birthday, and because of Veterans Day coming up, and because of a really good piece of advice that I learned over the weekend. And, you know, I know I shouldn't go off as much as I do, and I get get angry. Uh, You know, podcasts, a little bit of therapy for me, and uh, feedback from some of you guys listening on the other end is always great. Um, you know, you, you engage in conversation with me about it, and, you know, it, it's so it, it's all, yeah, you know, part, part of the, part of the game, I guess. Um, but while I was in Alma, Alma, Arkansas over the weekend, I attended a, uh, a church service at a place called beyond church. Awesome place. Phenomenal. If you're in the area on a Sunday, Stop by there. They got a good group of people there. Very welcoming. And they had a guest pastor there uh, this weekend. His name is Chip Brim. Never heard of the guy before. But I, I guess he comes with some lure. Uh, this guy has coached at every level of sports high school on up to the pros. Uh, he was a uh, former scout for the Astros. He coached at Arkansas. He's a big, so he's a big baseball guy. And he gave a huge uh, talk about worrying. And about why you shouldn't worry. And in the biblical context of things, he goes to, you know, Gospel of Matthew, uh, Sermon on the Mount, you know, from Jesus talking about, you know, why you shouldn't worry. And basically sums it up to, you know, you're almost being commanded as a a Christian to not worry. Jesus is telling you not worry because I got it. And uh, like I said, I don't want to speak from a a preachy standpoint because that's not, you know, that's not what I'm here for. But this is real solid life advice that this guy was giving it has to so if you're not a, a christian or, or or believer in jesus there's a way to there's a way that he also put it in context for your life about having to literally put worry outside of your brain and now he did it on the sports level and if you know anything about baseball the hall of fame is in cooperstown and when it comes to the baseball hall of fame it is very kind of empty i guess you could say there's not a lot of people in the baseball hall of fame and he talked about how one of the minimum requirements uh, as a non-pitcher to make it in the baseball hall of fame is to have at a minimum a three hundred batting average, which means you need to hit the ball three out of ten times. So you could strike out seven times, but if you get consecutive hits, you know, three three out of ten or thirty out of a hundred, so on, so on uh, just that average batting average of three hundred. That is like the minimum. Basically, if you do that, you will make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Why then is it so empty? It's because the people who are in the Baseball Hall of Fame are the ones who have unlocked it in their minds to not worry. They've complete, completely put it out of their mind. Striking out errors, mistakes, failures, everything. You name it, it goes in and out. You know, they learn from it, but they don't dwell on it. It's gone. They could strike out and it does not matter to them. It just does not register in their brain. And that's what makes people into champions. And I believe that if, you know, other people, not, you know, non-pro baseball players applied this into their life, they would find so much more success looming on their horizons. There's a lot of people in the trucking industry who are worried right now, worried about fuel, worried about rates, worried about this. But if you cast that out and operate in a way of just going to the next, making the next phone call, doing this, going forward like that, you're gonna figure it out. That's what I did when my load got canceled at Springfield. I I didn't even know it, and this is before I heard, you know, this guy Chip Brim talk about it, I just put it right out. Oh, it's canceled, boom, boom, boom. I just went right into it. And if you can do that in anything you go, you make a mistake at work, boom, put it out. You get your ass chewed, boom, put it out. Just roll right into your next task. Roll right into it and just see how far you can go just by doing that. He also ended up giving some advice about, you know, forgiving and loving and blessing your enemies. And this one was a a tough one for me to come to grasp with. But he had a great story. Uh, He was involved uh, with uh, Oklahoma high school sports and he was um, involved in this, uh, you know, recruitment cheating scandal or something. I'd really have to look it up. Uh, I only went off what he was like talking about, but they were basically, he was accused of illegally recruiting athletes for high school sports. And this comes up actually more often than you would think in places like Oklahoma and Texas, where high school sports is, uh, you know, (laughs) important. You know, they get, they go, they go crazy for that stuff down here. And so he was involved for it. And normally when it happens, coaches go down for it, you know, they get fired, blah, blah, blah. And he's, one of the only guys to ever beat this case uh and it was because everything was untrue it was all based upon lies and he talks about how during that time and during that process these people who were accusing him calling him a cheater and liar and all these things he came to terms with just having love for them and and blessing them and like being um just open and honest and, and all this stuff that was I, I can't sum up his, his, you know, how he kind of worded it, but that's basically the gist of, you know, just how he put his attitude towards this whole really bad situation was going in his life, and it ended up going in his favor. He was completely exonerated, not guilty, whatever you want to do it, you know, wasn't fired, got his job back, and it went from there. And, you know, I talked to him about this after. You know, I got to meet this guy, and I told him I was like, hey, I'm in an industry that's really cutthroat. It's uh, unforgiving. We got a lot of enemies out here. And I, I was like, I think this is one I'm really going to struggle with. And he's like, you're absolutely going to struggle with it. You're going to struggle with it every single day. It's not going to get you know, any easier, any you know, quicker than you think. You, know, you can listen to what I have to say, but it, it doesn't, it's not going to solve the problem. But if you work at it, if you keep working at it, I can guarantee it's going to work for you. So I'm going to work at it. You know, I went off on the podcast about these brokers. I need to fix that. That's some of my own mistakes maybe i do need a little bit of an attitude check on these things maybe i should you know change how it is like i said i'm not mean to anybody at face value especially brokers you know i will come and rant about it on the podcast maybe you'll see it on my instagram story but i'm not going to be outright disrespectful to somebody uh especially a broker when it comes to money being on the line like i said in all of my answers and even the text to them i was very polite and stuff like that but i guess just for me personally and internally these are notes that I need to, you know, take in, into account. Maybe stuff that I need to put in check. And like I said, this is just advice that I've heard over the road that I feel as though it's worthwhile to share to anybody out there listening. Like I said, this is, you know, this is advice from, I guess, you know, I'm all around the country, and I think that that is one of the biggest perks of being a driver in this industry is you get to put your finger on the pulse. Of different regions of the country and get their perspective and their life advice and that's kind of how i take it but hey anyway moving on marine corps birthday's coming up veterans day's coming up i remember back in college i used to i used to look forward to this time of year i'd be like hell yeah veterans day hell yeah marine corps birthday gonna slam some beers go on a bender you know post all those old moto pics and now You know, I, I don't really look forward to it that much anymore. It's more of a somber day of reflection of, you know, what I could have been, you know, because that's the thing when it comes to the military, it's, it's not like a job. It's not like a college you go to it. It's something that really does become your identity. It's hard to shed that. If you go back and listen, my episode, 10 years of red, I I go into that a lot more. And I got, I kind of got into it today. Uh, really got emotional. I was at, uh, you know a uh, small truck stop in east texas i open up you know a fridge door i wanted to grab myself a ghost energy drink love those things That sour watermelon man I, i'll tell you you can't beat it zero calories too watching that figure and at the bottom shelf i saw a rip it energy drink and if you know if you were in the military or you served you know that rip it energy drinks basically fueled the u.s military through oef and oif and it will always bring you back to Those times on deployment, kind of got emotional down there, you know, squatting down, looking at the can, just thinking about what I could have been in life, uh, career wise in the military. Uh, But, uh, you know, I'm learning to try not to dwell on those moments and dwell on that negative energy. Going back to, you know, the words Chip Brim about not worrying. You got to cast it out. I need to focus on the mission at hand because there are things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change the culture of health and wellness in the truck industry trying to advocate for the trucking industry overall to make better conditions. And with that comes with advocating for veterans. Veterans make up 10% of the trucking industry. They work the hardest in the trucking industry. They drive the most amount of miles more than anybody else in the industry, and they do it with far less accidents on top of that. The negative part about veterans in this industry is is one of the reasons why it is so taken advantage of. This industry is dominated by veterans, minorities uh there's plenty of women out here immigrants a lot of those types of people you want to know what's easy to do with those people take advantage of them do you know why well immigrants uh and this isn't insulting by any stretch of the means are ignorant they're coming from positions where things may be worse from where they came from so they don't know how to advocate for what is actually rightfully theirs That is more commonplace in other industries like the railroad industry or in other trades across america and in the corporate world so they don't know any any better and that's not a bad thing i'm not insulting them by saying that but it's just and people are hiding that from them to not advocate for themselves and there are companies like the mega carriers that will pay to make sure that they don't know to make sure that there's nobody who can get involved and educate them on how that Their conditions and their pay and everything, and their hours could be better. Veterans are taken advantage of in a different way because veterans are people who know how to work hard. We are people who had very hard jobs that came with poor conditions, you know, from going out on 30 day long field ops, fighting in these wars overseas, going on little or no sleep, you know, working long hours, doing a lot of things, having to make a sacrifice. So when you put them in a job like trucking, That's very cutthroat and ruthless where, uh, like I talked about advocating for yourself, veterans are less likely to advocate for themselves because they're used to getting walked on. The norm is getting fucked over. Semper Gumby, always flexible. That's the norm in the military. So when you have an industry that's dominated by people who are willing to get fucked, it's easy to take advantage of. That is what I am trying to change because we have a lot of enemies out there. And I'm trying to bless them. But the ATA is not on our side. The American Trucking Association, they are owned by mega carriers. They're one of the largest lobbying groups. They could be on truckers side, but the mega carriers own them to stop unionization, to stop workers from organizing. They're not gonna help. OOIDA, OIDA, I've mentioned this on podcasts before. They're only as strong as their membership. They have 150,000 members. If they had a million, they would have better lobbying power. That is a group that will advocate for truckers if they have the strength, if they have the manpower, but they don't. So that's what I'm trying to do. So if you're listening, I I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. And if you could, um, share the show, share the Instagram, share the YouTube, get this word out there. Uh, Talk to anybody you know in the trucking industry. I would love to have a conversation with them, anything, networking. Uh, It really would help me out and it could really help the industry out. So thank you once again for listening. Please, if you could, share the show. You can find me on all the socials, at Lumbar Trucking, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Posting a lot of shorts out there. Like I said, I'm really pushing the fitness out there uh, overall. I look at social media like I look at the environment. If you take a barrel of oil and you dump it in a river, are you going to drink that water? Probably not. Well, when it comes to social media, we need to start flooding social media with stuff that's good for the environment. Do you know what's good for the environment? Planting trees, right? Planting trees is beneficial to the environment. It gives benefits. You know, it provides us air we breathe and stuff like that. So if I dish out on Instagram stuff about fitness and eating right, hopefully it's something out there that people can consume with their eyes and their minds. And they say, oh, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at Lombard and see what he's doing. I'm going to do that because it's going to make me healthy. See what I mean? It's good for the environment. That's what I'm doing out there trying to help drivers out. I'm, uh, I've, I'm with the guys on First Form, working on that app. I'm working with drivers right now, helping them out with their macros, getting their workouts in. Um, it, it's it's a good time, man. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, something I'm, I hope to continue and really add on to and grow with. So like I said, thanks again, man. If you could, share the show. And as always, if you ever want to talk, I'll be here.